Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Coffee at the Cross. I'm Mike Newman, and welcome to our series, A Bible Journey. A Bible Journey is a series in which we sit down together in this podcast, and we read God's Word straight from the Word. We've been reading the the Gospel of Luke, which is known as the Gospel for the Lovers of God. Uh, if you'd like to read along with me, I read from the Passion Translation. I love this translation, as you know. It's a very passionate and, and God-filled and love-filled translation of the Bible. You can feel the love of God in this translation. It really expresses the love that Luke has. So let's dive in. Whether it's in the morning or you're on your way to work, in your car, in your house, and you just want to fill the air with the Word of God. If it's that morning where you want to start your day with God, grab that cup of coffee. Let's open up the book and let's dive in and share the word and the blessings of God together and find something that we can apply from this scripture to our day for ourselves or for someone around us. So let us get started with Luke chapter 5. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge, with the fishermen nearby, rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, Let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. where he had fini- When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to the deep water. And cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night. It didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners on the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. One day while Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. When the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, If you are only willing, you could completely heal me. 
Jesus reached out and touched him and said, Of course I am willing to heal you, and now you will be healed. Instantly the leprous sores were healed, and his skin became smooth. Jesus said, Tell no one what has happened, but go to the priest and show him you've been healed. And to show that you are purified, make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded. You will become a living testimony to them. After this miracle news about Jesus spread even farther, massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. One day, many Jewish religious leaders known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came from every village of Galilee, throughout Judea, and even from Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. Some men came to Jesus, carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus, but because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. The Jewish, leader, the Jewish religious leaders and the religious scholars whispered objections amongst themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he is God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that it is blasphemy to say his sins are forgiven? Let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say, stand up, carry your stretcher, and walk? Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said, To prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher, and go on home, for you are healed. In an instant, the man rose right up before their eyes. He stood up, picked up his stretcher, and went home, giving God all the glory with every step he took. The people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed. And they all praised God, remarking over and over, Incredible! What an unbelievable miracle we have seen today! Afterward, Jesus went out and looked for a man named Matthew. He found him sitting at his tax booth, for he was a tax collector. Jesus said to him, Be my disciple and follow me. That very moment, Matthew got up, left everything behind, and followed him. Matthew wanted to throw a banquet to honor Jesus, so he invited Jesus to his home for dinner, along with many tax collectors and other notable sinners. While they were all sitting together at the table, the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law complained to Jesus' disciples. Why would you defile yourselves by eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? Doesn't Jesus know it is wrong to do that? Jesus overheard their complaining and said, Who goes to the doctor for a cure? Those who are well 
are those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but to call those who fail to measure up and bring them to repentance. Jesus' critics question him. John the prophet is known for leading his disciples to frequently fast and pray. As the religious leaders of the land, we do the same. Why do you and your disciples spend most of your time feasting at banquets? Jesus replied, Should you make the sons of the bridal chamber fast while celebrating with the bridegroom? But when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then you will see them fasting. And he gave them this, this illustration. No one rips up a new garment to make patches for an old, worn-out one. If you tear up the new to make a patch for the old, it will not match the old garment. And who pours new wine into an old wineskin? If someone did, the old wineskin would burst and the new wine would be lost. New wine must always be poured into new wineskins. Yet you say, the old ways are better and you refuse to even taste the new thing, the new that I bring. And that concludes Luke chapter 6, or chapter 5. What I want us to go back and, you know, we try to take one thing from what we've read. And in this chapter, I want to focus on one story in here, and there's multiple stories. And I encourage you to go back and read this again later in the day to really absorb all the other stories in this book the calling of Matthew, the moment where he calls on the disciples and they dropped everything and followed him. How he showed them that even though you are the experts at fishermen, if you listen to me, I can bring forth the best fruit. Even over everything you know and the experience you call upon, it is your faith in me that will bring you what you seek. But the story I want to focus on is in verse 18, starting with verse 18, where it says, They went up to the housetop and they let down with his bed through the tiling of the midst before Jesus. What are we talking about? This is the part where four friends, knowing Jesus is in town, knowing Jesus is in the area, they know that this is the man who heals. They know in their hearts this is the Son of God. And we have a friend, a paralyzed man, who desperately needs healing. And what's even more important in the story is that not that this man desperately needs healing, but these friends desperately want this man to be healed, and they desperately want to reach Jesus. They proved this determination and faith of friends of the paralytic because they counted on Jesus healing their friend because it would it would be a lot harder for them to bring him back up through the roof than lowering, lowering him down. Now remember, they couldn't get in the door. They couldn't get him in through the windows because there was such a crowd around Jesus. And let's not forget, half of this crowd or a good portion of this crowd were the non-believers, the ones who were skeptics, the ones who objected. We're always going to find things in our way when we're trying to reach Jesus. A lot of times, they're the unbelievers, the doubters, the skeptics. They're going to obstruct our ability to reach him. Jesus is always watching to see what will you do when you are obstructed. 
what will you do? It is these friends, these four people, and their act that shows God how far they're willing to go. And not only that, it's an outward act of faith that can show the people that are there, the people who follow Jesus and the, the objective, the, the, those who object, the disbelievers, the non-believers, what happens when you do this for God. They were willing to lower their friend down through the roof and expose him to the non-believers. The non-believers were Pharisees, religious leaders. They had the power and authority to arrest people and charge them with things for acts against God. And to them, what Jesus was doing was an act against God. They thought it was blasphemy for him to say that he was the Son of God, even though he had the power to heal, even though he had powers that came straight from God. They were still going around trying to silence those people. And these four people had such complete and utter faith that they were willing to lower their friend to a point where they could not pull him back up should they try to capture their friend. It was a point of no return, and they gladly and willingly and lovingly went well beyond that line. And it was because of this act of faith that Jesus healed this paralyzed man. They, he didn't heal, heal him because of his own faith. He healed them because of the faith and determination of his friends. That was what was the reward for the friend who needed healing. Charles Spurgeon even spoke of the quality of these, of these friends who would bring this man to Jesus in such a way. And he says, and this is a quote from Charles Spurgeon, they need, they need be strong, for the burden is heavy. They need be resolute, for the work will try their faith. They need be prayerful, for otherwise they will labor in vain. They must be believing, or they will be utterly useless. Their faith could be seen their bold, determined action to bring their friend to Jesus proved they had real faith. There is something lacking in faith if it can never be seen. Our faith is useless and wasted if people can't see it. The scripture tells us, Blessed are those who believe without seeing. This is talking about believe without seeing Jesus Christ. But what they do need to see is our efforts and determination, not just to have Jesus in our lives, but to bring healing for those who desperately need it. We are to be the first responders, right? Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the medicine. But we as Christians have to look at ourselves as the first responders. When someone prays to God and says, help me, God calls upon and dispatches us to go to them, to show them, get inside this vehicle, the Holy Spirit, and we will take you to a place where they can heal you. And that is the kingdom of God the presence of Jesus Christ. If people can't see us respond when God, when someone prays to God and God calls upon somebody, who is available in my kingdom to respond? 
Here am I, here I am, Lord, send me, here am I, send me. People need to see that right now. In this world right now, people need to see it. People need to know that there are people out there that care about them, care about their health, care about their future, care about their soul, and care about their ability to make it to the finish line. And when we put our faith in God and we outwardly, visually, in the presence and in the, you know, witnessed by others, our act to get somebody to the presence and the feet of God, to the feet of Jesus, to be healed, wonderful, miraculous things happen. And people who see that miracle fall to their face, as it says in here, fall to their knees and repent and give their hearts to God. We need to have faith for more than our own needs. We need to have faith that Jesus can and will meet the needs of others whom we, we bring to him. That is the power that is in this chapter of Luke chapter 5. The power of us, the power of a brother, the power of a sister, the power of a mother or father, a power of an elder, a power, the power of a stranger who loves God to seek out a stranger and bring him to God. Such power. The world needs to see this. And we are the ones that deliver that. We are the ones who carry this out. We are the ones that God chooses to bestow this gift of the Holy Spirit upon to bring people to the kingdom of God. We have a role. We have a purpose. And sometimes, a lot of times, we get lost in that purpose our purpose is not to make sure that we have a long and fruitful life, but that the people around us have long and fruitful lives. And when we do that, God rewards us with a fruitful life. And, no and we no longer worry about how long it is. We start to worry about how successful it is, how pleasing it is in the eyes of God. And the days don't matter. The number doesn't matter. The number of days left in our life doesn't matter, but the number of people that we can bring to the Lord matters. Amen? So, that concludes today's podcast series, A Bible Journey of Luke Chapter 5. Let's close out in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for choosing us for this journey. We thank you for involving us in your plan. We thank you for the, the struggles. We thank you for the trials. We thank you for all the things that the, the world would see as negative things, punishment, cruel and unusual. We see it as loving acts to display the power of God, the power of healing, the power of forgiveness, the power to overcome and conquer all the things that Satan and the enemy bring against us every day. Without these things, it is impossible to show the people the miraculous power that you have. And we thank you for all these things. 
So, Lord, we come to you right now on bended knee, eyes closed, open hearts. Lord, give us the vision and the foresight to see those who are hurting, a look in their eyes, a tone of their voice, so that we can bring them and lower them through the roof and all the things that are obstructing their ability to get to you. Help us to see that and to, and help them make it the rest of the way to deliver them to the presence of God so they may find healing, so they may find victory, so they may find you. Heavenly Father, we ask that every person who is listening to this podcast and those who have yet to hear it may find it and hear your blessings. We thank you for all you do, all you have done, and all you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the podcast of Coffee at the Cross, and I can't wait for you to join us again as we dive into Luke chapter 6. Have a blessed day, everybody, and don't forget, share this with somebody. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all kinds of platforms, Google Podcasts. What an awesome and awesome, awesome experience it is to be able to share the word with you guys. Let's try to share this with someone else. Tell somebody. And so we can join this podcast together. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you. Hallelujah. And amen.